0: How about us giving all the women a good hand? Could you do that? It's wonderful. We uh, not only want to honor the mothers, uh, we want to honor all women. And um, a number of years ago in my uh, third pastorate, I spoke to mothers. And my office at that church was just right off the hallway. And uh, so I, I just finished preaching that. Sunday morning and in my office, and I heard a knock at the door. And uh, and this lady walked in and uh, wasn't a heavy door. Uh, She just walked in and took and just threw it open like that. So it's wide open. I thought, well, she looks like she has something to say. And she said, you know, I love you. When somebody starts a letter, an email, or a text, you know that I love you, run. You know that I love you. She was a new new convert, had been in the church maybe five months, uh, something like that. Uh, She was, uh, of course, uh, divorced. And uh, she came in and she said, all you talked about uh, was mothers. I said, well, yes, ma'am. It's like Mother's Day. She said, what about the rest of us? Do we not count? Do you not count on Mother's Day if you're a woman? And I said, well, yes, ma'am. We do believe that all women count. She said, well, you didn't say that, you know. I had several rushes of emotion. How about you getting out of my office? Uh, But I didn't do that because she had a point. Ever since then, I have been certain every Mother's Day To say to all women. We're not just talking about you mothers. We're talking about all women. Because you are a gift from the Lord. Amen. If you believe that. Put your hands together. I did have one insecure mom. Challenge me one time. Why do you do that? Because it's only about mothers. (laughs) Well. I said, because I was on moving up toward sanctification, and I said to her, uh, don't be so sensitive. I'll do the preaching, and you do with whatever you think you have to do. God bless you. That was it. How many will forgive me? I, I didn't feel bad about it either. I don't mind telling. I felt real good about it. I thought, I'm, I'd, I'd rather take the larger picture than the smaller picture. We're going to take a look at women's or handmade blessings. When I was looking at our text, I thought handmade, and somebody quizzed me. I don't know if it was Ray. Handmade, what does that mean? I said, well, here it is. God made men from dirt. That's the bottom line. Then he breathed life. But he made, he made a woman from a man's backbone. Well, the way it appears to me sometimes. with well, some of you men. No. She, see, I don't mind, friend. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down with the women every single time. That's what I know. They don't lose. She made, made a woman from the rib in that wonderful, and it was a handmade blessing. So you guys enjoy the day. And uh, be sure, how many of you men made breakfast for your wife this morning? May I see your hand? Uh, how many of you had a drive through? That's good. Uh, how many had coffee in bed? Well, my Lord, what did the men do? <laughs> here it is. My Lord, help me, Jesus. So here it is. If, if you're a woman, see if you can relate to this. And let me take you through about birth all the way up to about 16 years of age. But right now, the job description for an infant. So we're looking for somebody to do the job description for an infant. All right, must be easygoing, relaxed, a loving type to care for infant. Should enjoy rocking, cuddling, and be able to hold the baby patiently for 20-minute feedings every three to four hours without fidgeting. Light sleeper, early riser, no degree necessary. Must take all shifts seven days a week. No vacation unless you can arrange to have your own mother as a temporary substitute and no opportunity to advance. But that's what moms who just had a baby, uh, that's what we, they do. Well, let's move up 18 months from that. Let's call that a toddler. Here we go. It says, an athlete in top condition to safeguard tireless toddler. Toddler. Needs quick reflexes, boundless energy, infinite patience, knowledge of first aid, essential, must be able to drive, cook, phone, work despite of constant distraction and sickness, work day, 16 hours a week, no coffee or lunch breaks unless unless child naps, would consider a pediatric nurse or a person with Olympic background. (laughs) Let's move up. Another 18 months. This one must be three-plus years of age. Here it is. Expert in early childhood education to provide stimulating, loving, creative, individualized learning environment for the preschooler. Should have experience in art, music, recreation, be able to speak at least one foreign language. Training in linguistics, psychology, and must have Montessori desirable must, however, enjoy two hours all five days a week when nursery school is in session and child is well. That's what a mom does at about that age. Finally, let's get to the preteen. Expert in recreation, camping, all sports, should be able to referee if there's more than one child. Must be willing to be a den mother, a room mother, a block mother. Public relations skills essential. Should be able to deal effectively with teachers and officers of the local parent-teacher organization and other parents. Knowledge of sex education and new math required. Must have no objection to mud, insect conditions, pets, and neighbor's kids. Hello? A mother changes occupation again when the child reaches, on into the teenage years, a specialist in adolescent psychology with experience in large quantity cooking, tolerance is a chief requirement, slight hearing loss is helpful or must provide own earplugs, must be unflappable, should be able to sense when presence is embarrassing to a child and disappear immediately." Children are funny. When I traveled for the headquarters of the district Saturday and Sunday often, and I had a customized van, and I mean, you, you might deal with, with McDonald's. We had a McDonald's usually on Saturday and sometimes on Sunday. And, and very, I wouldn't say very seldom, but many times they wouldn't get the order right. Leave off a hamburger, leave off a fry, leave off an apple pie or whatever but well, there was one time down in Clueston and when you finally get to Clueston you had a you had a Burger King there and a, a McDonald's and so they didn't get it right and I was frustrated how many've ever been frustrated now their drive through was not a straight drive through some architect got creative and it was just kind of curvy so we got to the end of that ready to get back out on the highway on 27 there head on into Miami and Sharon said, we are missing a hamburger and a French fry. I said, which hamburger was it? She said, it was yours. <laughs> I said, I'm not taking that. The kids were in their seat. There, I don't know, 10, 11, whatever the case. I put that van in reverse. And through the mirror, I strategically backed it back through that drive-through until I got to the window. All the kids hit the floor. They did not want to be seen or noticed. Dad, you can't do that. You watch me. And backed that baby up and said, here it is once again. Unbelievable. We love kids, don't we? How do kids get here? Through mamas. Stay with me now. Our text has a wonderful story about Naomi and her daughter-in-law named Ruth. It's a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law, and the circumstances are unusual. And I want to share with you what I consider to be one of the unique characteristics of Ruth. And this is about women today, so guys, just be patient with me. Father's Day is coming. But today, it's about the women. And we, uh, of course, you might say, well, you might, and I'm going to give you some, my wife's not like that at all. Well, guess what? How long has she been married to you? You might say, well, my mother's not like that. So this is not one size fits all. But there is something in this message I think will be beneficial to you. So we got Naomi, who is the We got Naomi, who's the mother-in-law. We got Ruth, who is the the daughter-in-law. Now, her sons were married. They married two Moabite women. The women's name was Oprah and Ruth. Naomi's husband died. Her sons were killed there in Moab. She decided to leave Moab, return to Bethlehem, and she encouraged her daughters-in-law to return to their families. now, that seems pretty reasonable to me. All right, girls, you know, my husband died. The sons, of course, your husbands were killed, and I, uh, I'm going to go back to my homeland. Oprah, you go back to your parents. You're just a young girl. And Ruth, you go back to your parents, and, and you're just a young girl. And I want you to know Oprah decided to go back, and Ruth said no. I'm not going to do that. Well, let me share with you some of those characteristics of women in general and see if you think some of this might fit. Number one, characteristics of a woman, she's intelligent. I heard one male, amen, from a male vocal cord. One, amen. I'll repeat it. She is intelligent thank you. She is a work of art. You didn't know I was going to do sign language this morning, did you? She is compassionate. She is stunningly beautiful. She is sexy. Excuse me, guys, you're young, but, you know, bear with me. Now, in a positive way, She's sensitive. Well, you got that right. (laughs) Got that right. No, I mean in a positive way. Sensitive to your needs, sir. Sensitive to the needs of the children. She has six eyes. Hello? Two in the front, two in the back, and one on each side. You cannot get away with anything with mom. She's influential. She's fragile. She's creative. She has a great memory. Yes, <laughs> Elephant size. <laughs> She's tender and kind. And so God steps to the plate in His Word and He says, hey, for that kind of a deal, created under the banner in the name of a woman, here's what you ought to do. Proverbs thirty-one, thirty-one. give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gates. If you believe that, say amen. So would you put your hands together and let's give honor again to all our women today. All of them. So Ruth is the focus. Now, what is it that I want to share with you as a primary characteristic for many women today? She is faithful. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. She's talking to her mom-in-law. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. And your people will be my people and your God, my God. Naomi, the mother-in-law, begged Ruth, you go back to your mom and dad. Well, we know that Naomi was well up in years. She had no future, no husband. She had nothing to offer Ruth if Ruth decided to stay. She had no future whatsoever. She was just going to die. Well, what did Ruth? She said, here, if you stay, don't call me Naomi. Naomi means pleasantness, of course. I'm changing my name tomorrow which means bitterness. I admit to you, Ruth, I'm not worth staying with. I am bitter. I am resentful. I am inquisitive. I just don't like my life. And sticking with me is not going to be positive for you. And what did Ruth say? Hey, let me just tell you up front. This is a season you're going through. I am your people. Where you go, I go. Where you stay, I stay. Whatever you do, I do. Listen to me. I am connected to you, and I will be faithful to you. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we had that kind of faithfulness in all of our relationships today? Naomi felt she was under God's judgment for you and her husband to go to Moab to begin with. In spite of all the sad news and circumstances, Ruth just told her flat out, I'm not moving. That is a faithful woman. What is faithfulness? It is this. It is a steadfast act in allegiance. It is to be conscientious in one's obligation. And historically, try this on for size, women are more faithful than men. No man's on that one. A faithful woman, a faithful woman keeps herself beautiful inside and out. She serves her family often without a compliment. She manages her children with great patience. She serves her spouse with an open heart because She is supposed to be led by him spiritually. She overcomes trials and tribulations with God's help. She does not know how or when to stop serving others. She does it over and over and over again. That is the power of a woman's faithfulness. She's humble. Women are humble. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground, and she explained, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? And this was Boaz she was speaking about. Have you noticed that that most women look a whole lot better than their husbands? I mean, to believe that she's sitting beside some, some old ugly thing right now in this church is unbelievable. Well, I know she doesn't feel that way. She looks at you and thinks, you are my knight in shining armor. Every time I see your six-pack, I am moved. <laughs> I heard one guy say, I got a six-pack. I just got her eyes down right now. <laughs> so what do we do with Ruth? She makes that vow to Naomi. They moved to Bethlehem in Judah, and they need money. Naomi has nothing. In that day, if your husband died, you became a widow. As a result of that, very few people stepped to the plate to help you, even though we have Scripture that says you better pay attention to your widows. You better honor them in some way or another. So what does Ruth do? She said, hey, we have no money. I'm going to go to the barley fields. She walks behind the gleaners. And here's what they were told. Leave it a little extra. That came from Boaz. Leave it a little extra so that she can glean a lot. She picks up the waste of the crop. Boaz, the owner of the field, notices her. He He begins to get information from those who have worked with her. And he welcomes her to glean with the others. And Boaz states, Boaz states that he's heard of, of her faithfulness to Naomi. You see, Boaz was related to Naomi's husband. And when Boaz welcomed her to glean the fields, here's what she did. She bowed down and she said, how do I find such favor in you? Do you know that a lot of women bow down a lot of times out of respect? A lot of women cow down not to, be, not to be trampled over, not to be abused or anything, but because they feel like that they want to honor. Are you with me? We live in a culture today that says to women, don't you dare do it. You fight to the, You fight and children watch mom and dad fight, fight, fight. And what does that accomplish? Every woman ought to have to have have, or ought to enjoy her say, her opinion, etc. Do you believe that? But she was humble. Humility is, I don't need to be significant. I am not pretentious or haughty or proud. I want to thank you, Boaz, for giving me this privilege. If you look at the role of a good wife, she is a helpmeet. Hello? She often is submissive. She follows great leadership and following her husband. She's trusting in one that she follows. And sometimes it is a lot harder to follow than it is to lead. Because when you follow, you follow wherever thou goest. Well, here's the deal you say, well, why do not some women follow? Because the husband is not taking the spiritual ground to be a positive spiritual leader. Most women understand the position of humility and they prepare the meals. They get the job done. How many of you husbands made the bed this morning? (coughs) Do you have anybody else in the house? Good, two, that's good. Congratulations to you. I mean did not make the bed. How many of the bed just ain't made yet? (laughs) That's right. How do we men, how do you kids, we kids, how do you honor these wonderful creations of God? And he says that they're in fact a gift. Well, many men say, hey, you're talking a barbecue expert here. Listen, darling, I'm on barbecue Saturday. You are? Yeah, I'm on barbecue. I'm going to give you the day off this evening. Well, what are you going to barbecue? Now, it's you and me and the two kids. Well, I'm going on, I'm on to get uh, baby back ribs, about four of those. I'm going to get about three chickens. I'm going to get some quillabasa sausage. I'm going to get a few hamburgers and put on the grill. Well, sweetheart, there's only four of us. In the family. I know, but to have good barbecue, you got to cover the whole grill. Not only that, I'm not using charcoal. I'm not using a gas grill either. I'm using wood that I chopped and brought it in. It's hickory wood. It's going to be the best ever. Now listen, darling, if you don't mind, aren't you going down to the store that's right? I told you what I need. Go down there and get it for me. Okay. You bring it back. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch a little television while you're going to the store to get it. She brings it back. She gets the meat prepared, seasons it right. She gets it seasoned. She gets the vegetables. She gets the salad. She makes a dessert. She gets it seasoned. She takes it out to him. He's outside just poking the coals a little bit. She takes the cooking utensils out. He puts it on the grill. She tries to, oh, no. Has to be a certain way. The chicken has to be the side, inside down flat. You can't do that. Okay. She goes back inside preparing the vegetables, the dessert. Finally, he said, the Meat's ready. Meat's ready. He takes the meat in and puts it on the counter. She takes the plates and fills them up, puts meat on the plate takes it to the table, sets it down, says, you go ahead and pray. I'll be there in a minute. No, darling, you know what? Hurry up. I don't want my meat getting cold. In a few minutes she comes and sets down and he prays a prayer and they begin to eat the meal and the kids tell him, daddy, this is the best barbecue you've ever fixed. A neighbor came over, he smelled it and said, you know what? You mind if I, everybody's praising him about the wonderful barbecue that he had. And she did all the other cooking. And then he turns to her and he said, well, I want you to know, darling, how was, uh, how was your night off? How was your night off? I, I fixed the meal. And you know what? Unless she's got a whole lot of sanctification, you're probably going to walk on her last nerve. And how many of you wouldn't blame her? May I see your hand? Sure. So I tell you what, God, this one time, I'm about to wake him up, Medea style. And he looks at her with that kind of reaction when he says, how about the night off? And she's got a stunned look on her face and he mumbles, you just can't please some women. They work two jobs often. They clean up and then they clean up some more. How many of you women know that it takes about three minutes for the kitchen to get messy again? Hello? Hello? Sharon said to me the other day, she can look from the sink all the way past through the living room into another room that she wanted for us to build, and we added it on, and that's where I I, I sit. And I heard her in there in the kitchen sink, and I mean, she's making a lot of racket. You know, I'm trying to listen to the television. It was an inordinate amount of racket. Hello? We have a stainless steel sink. I'm thinking, what in the world has she got in that sink? And I looked at her long enough. She looked up like this. She looked up, and then she looked back down. And then she said, when she got through, I thought, thank God, she stopped. She said to me, do you ever walk by the sink? I immediately had revelation from God. I knew then why all the racket. I said, well, I do. Do you ever think about washing a few of these? Now, I'm thinking in my mind, but I didn't say it. Why in the world do you think we got a dishwasher? <laughs> but I didn't say it. Sharon, are you in this service or were you in the first service? Okay. I didn't say it. Well, anyway, I said, darling, I am so sorry. You know, I'll take care of that. She came in and sat down. I got up. She said, where are you going? I said, get a drink of water. What I really wanted to see is how many knives and forks did it take to make that kind of racket? Two forks, two knives, and one spoon. And that was it. How many of you men know we still have lessons to learn? Amen? Lessons to learn. Be helpful. You see, sometimes women choose to play dumb when their spouse won't lead. Not only that, they sometimes choose to be quiet when they actually have a better idea. They often are taken for granted by their spouse and the children Any amens out there? Ruth didn't come off as a, hey, I'm beautiful and Miss Prem and proper. She didn't come off self centered. She didn't say, I'm more intelligent than you. She didn't come off moody and nagging, cold and indifferent. She came off as a humble woman that was willing to be, be employed by an individual she did not know. She exhibited sincere humility. Toward Naomi and Boaz. And Henry Jacobson said, and I quote, humility is the ability to see ourselves as God describes us. Women assume often a a supportive role. They allow, she allows herself to become pregnant. Imagine that. You might say, What's the big deal out of that? You men, get pregnant one time. Your body goes through contortions, you look strange. It's all—it's pain all the time, and yet because she loves you, she allows herself to get that way. Some men say, man, we love you, darling, two of you. She wears herself down caring for her family, usually the last one up to go to bed, waits for the words that are too seldom spoken to be said from those close to her. I love you. You're special. Thank you, Mom, sweetheart. I want you to know you are my sweetheart all the time. Thanks for all you do. Today is the day men we get to say that. And the choir said amen. Thirdly, thirdly, she is sacrificial. How many men say amen to that? She is sacrificial. How about the balcony? Any any up there? She's sacrificial. Let's take a look. Boaz replied, I've been told about all you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you left your father and your mother and your homeland and you came to live with a people you did not know before. Ruth's sacrificial effort impressed Boaz. Boaz. And when asked why did she receive favor from Boaz, he replied, I've heard of your faithfulness. I've heard of your humility. I've heard of your sacrifice toward Naomi. The foreman in the field told me that you were in the field all day long. You didn't take a lunch break. You did get under the shade for a few minutes in the afternoon. And then you kept going. You sacrifice, And to sacrifice yourself is to willingly deprive yourself of something of value and importance, left the family, the homeland, and followed Naomi with no future of any significance. Women make sacrifices every day. And the same reason, why did they do it? Why did Ruth do it? Because they're sacrificial toward those that they love. My friend, I believe that the heart of God is moved and revealed through the heart and the actions of women. And may we give honor to women today for the love that they have, for their humility, for their sacrifice, and for their love for Jesus Christ. For here it is, many a men have given their hearts to Christ because of a godly wife and a godly mom. Would you put your hands together and let's once again say thanks. Would you stand giving you an opportunity to get to the restaurant early? Are you man to go by and buy your own meat and take it home to barbecue? But what happened? Listen, ladies. Don't ever think that when you're overlooked, nobody notices. Don't ever think that when the kids hardly, hardly ever call that you're not valued. There is one who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There is one Jehovah that created you out of the rib of a man who believes you are extra special. And what happened? Boaz took notice of Ruth. And when he did, he was impressed with her sacrifice, with her humility, with her initiative, with her faithfulness. And he invited her to become his wife. It wasn't too long after that that she became pregnant with a man-child. And when that happened, the other women in the community said to Naomi, her mother-in-law, Praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a Kingsman Redeemer. A Ruth took that baby and sat it in the lap of Naomi. And Naomi knew, thank you, my grandchild, to carry on a heritage that I thought would never take place. God, you noticed me. Well, that child was named Obed. And he was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of Israel's greatest king, David. Why? Because of the faithfulness of one woman to remain true to God. Without complaint, without recanting, without retreating. And God blessed her through someone else. Ladies, this is your day. We honor you. And we love you. Let's bow. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for this privilege to be able to honor you and honor the women of our church, all these moms and grandmothers and whatever else. We're beholding to you because anyone in this room that anyone in this room that had a mom that loved them That is a gift that is beyond words of expression. But we want to let them know. You ladies that are here this morning that may feel you're overlooked. You may feel you're lonely. You may feel you've been rejected. You may feel that nobody notices you. You may feel that you're exerting a lot of energy. And people take for granted Your ability and all of your acts of love. But I'm here to tell you today you have a choice. You can get bitter, you can get hard, you can get resistant, or you can remain faithful and loving, and you can remain sacrificial because here's what happens when you do God will. Bring a season into your life of honor and favor and blessing. And it'll come to you in a way that you never dreamt possible. So let the Holy Spirit speak to you today. In Jesus' name. If you're here today and you need healing, you're here today and you have children that are giving you a big old problem, you're here today and... And you're a woman and you say, boy, I'm about on my last leg. I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to ask you, when I get through praying, if you'd like and we sing, you can come down and just be anointed with oil. And then we'll give a benediction. But now in Jesus' name, do what we cannot do. Speak to the hearts of every woman. Lift them up. Anoint them. And give them the miracles and the favor as they are obedient to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to come, the altar is open for a few moments. And I'll give the benediction right after that. Father, we thank you now for all the blessings and abundance and favor that you've given us. I pray we'll take this message home and maybe think about it and pray about it. I pray, God, for the children who may not have shared their love or their graciousness or thanks to their moms. Pray for all the men today that we need to be reminded sometimes of the wonderful responsibility of honoring our own spouse and mom. I pray today that you would strengthen all the women of our church, minister, and meet their need, and give them great favor in their day of rejoicing. And we'll give you praise and honor in Christ's name. Amen. Don't forget, for all the women, we have uh, treats and whatever else out in the lobby. Don't forget to be here tonight. Shake hands with somebody that you appreciate, everybody. God bless.